Hi, this is Laura with Girls from the Gym, where we lift up topics from the mat. Today, we're going to be talking with Jack Berry, who owns Big and L Cells here in Garden City, Kansas. Welcome. Hey. <laughs> Jack. Good evening. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was a, I grew up in Cimarron, went to high school there, graduated from Garden City Community College, went to Panhandle State University and got a business degree there, and then 12 years working in lending institutions. I've been a business owner for 24 years, and that's pretty much the size. I've been married to the same wonderful woman for 38 years. She's put up with me, so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I I asked you to do this podcast with me because I think you're the best storyteller in the whole wide world. Because <laughs> I think your stories come with a good point. And I, you always come in my office, you have these really great viewpoints. And the other day, you were in my office, and you said, hey... You know, I guess we didn't want to be rich. And I thought, what a strange thing. And you said, I asked you why. And you said, because you, we don't tell ourselves no. If we wanted to be rich, we'd tell ourselves no. Can you tell us a little bit more about your theory on no? Well, of course, I go back to the power of no. We make most of our decisions with emotions, and we don't learn anything about ourselves. So once we learn to say no to ourselves, then we can start growing and saying, okay, whether it be for your money or whether it be for just trying to be happy. But once you've learned to say no to yourself, you'll be a happier person, I think, because we're, we're very emotional people. And there's always something bigger and better that you always want. And then it takes your power of no to say, hey, that doesn't make sense in my life. I need a bigger opportunity than that. Or that doesn't make sense to me, whatever. And it affects whether your health, whether it be drinking, whether it be eating. You know, I've been struggling with weight for 15 years and I've just consistently was putting on like three quarters of a pound a month and I finally realized I had an eating disorder and not really terrible but it was just I went back to the same pattern so <laughs> here I am I'm 30 pounds lighter and I've been staying pretty focused and if I step on the scales every day and I'm up two pounds and I just change what I do for the day and work a little harder and I've been able to maintain it so far so and I am 62 years old by the way so <laughs> it's not easy. I think no isn't easy. I was thinking the other day, we we train our kids to say, we tell them, you don't say no. We say, you know, like, oh, no, we don't say no. You know, like, you ask your kids to do something, and we almost bred it in them that they can't say no. And it almost becomes anxiety-driven as an adult when we have to say no. We want to say no, but we... Oh, we've been taught not to say no. And that includes to ourselves a little bit because we always need to answer to something else. I mean, is that the emotional no that you're talking about? Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, there's just something always says by me, speeding, everything in excess. I mean, it's just it's hard to tell yourself that that makes sense. This is not good for me. And when you start making better choices and the more education you have, the better choices you can start making. But you have to know yourself first. That's what most people. I went through a uh, training in in the bank where we had a personality profile, and it took I don't know two or three evenings. But you learn that the the A personality, the B, and the C's, and whatever. But you learn not only about the customer, but you also learn about yourself. And I'm not an A personality. I'm a B. That doesn't mean I go, but I always have a little caution when I go, and I don't have to go wide open. But that's where I'm happy at. You may be an A. You're going to go fast. You're going to break things. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But once you start making better choices, then you'll quit breaking stuff. <laughs> you say, hey, I shouldn't go that fast. I shouldn't weigh that much. Di diabetics, the 
you know, you look at diabetes and it's, it's such an epidemic because people haven't learned to say no to themselves. And, and whether it be smoking, oh, I can't give up cigarettes. Well, as soon as you say, I can't, you've gave up, you quit, you're done. You're on to whatever habits you keep. It's very true. I think it's very true. So sometimes it's the way we say no to ourselves. Well, in my business, I've been very successful because I don't say no very often yeah. to the customer. Okay. I've had to learn to say no to myself, but the customer... I try to make the deal work somehow. I mean, I, I did that as a loan officer. I got six years of training under one individual and was just a great guy. But you had to have solutions. He, he would invite you into his office, welcome you, open, open door. But when you come, let's talk about solutions. I don't have time to listen to you tell me the loan's past due. I got a past due list in my drawer. I don't need to hear this past due. What are we doing to solve the problem? That six years was the best six years of my career because it was something that made me be a problem solver. Keep my emotions out of all the other things going on. And our workload just grew. We went, we grew the bank. We doubled the bank assets in the eight years I was there with the, with the same staff. We, had, we started with 59 people and when I left, we had 60 people. But we doubled the asset growth of the bank. But he empowered you to make decisions. And he expected you to make decisions. And I'm very thankful to him and I've, called him. I went, I've stopped and talked to him twice since first year. Just thank him just because he was such a mentor to me. You know, at the time I didn't see him being a mentor. Today, I'm on my own in a business. Well, he made me a very good businessman because I know how to make decisions. I know how to problem solve and I don't get caught up in all the emotions and the wacko in between. And you have to learn to say no. I like that because if we're, if we find solutions, and we work around our problems. We don't, the word no can be less of that uh, anxiety building enemy. I like that, I like that a lot. So we can use that in just about any form you wanna put it in, like your health or, or business or, or your faith. There's about a million ways you can use that. I like, I like that idea. Well, and then if you, if you go into the world with a lack of education, you, you're just bound to struggle because you're, it goes back to, uh, I've talked to Oral about this before, about your intellect. And you set your intellect when you're younger, and your intellect is your ability to process data into reasonable conclusions. So what a lot of people think this is the way life really is, but their emotions are telling them that's the way it is, but it's really not. Whether, oh, I don't have to, it's okay to speed. Okay, well, they got fined for you speeders. But, you know, I got a ticket in 2004, and... I told myself after that it cost me $400. I said, I will not speed again. I'm done. They, they stomped on my wallet, irritated me to no end, and I quit speeding. I haven't had speeding tickets since. Uh, if I get penalized financially, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm done. I'm, I, I follow that to the T. There are a lot of coaches that believe that you have to charge your client even if they don't show up. And that penalty makes them show up. And I, I think that's, I've never bought into it until you just said that. Oh, no. People will always give an excuse why they're late. You know, my dentist I go to, if you don't make the deal for teeth cleaning, it's 60 bucks whether you show up or not. And somebody says, well, that's just wrong. And I said, no, I didn't. Because there's only so many billable hours in a day. I mean, he only has, his life's got to go on and he's got to get this much work done. And there's other people that take my spot. So if you're going to not show up on time, 60 bucks. And I'm cool with that. And of course, I'm a business guy and understand the value of his time and the value of mine. And it makes me always on time. It does. And then like if you're paying for your weight loss, you show up for it because Amen. That, that money that money is there. <laughs> I don't want to lose it. I'm not going to just burn it. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. That's a commitment. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm committed when I put my money up. 
think that is a really good point. <laughs> I can't say no because I, I think I have no idea what I want from life. And so I just think by saying yes, I invite opportunity. What do you think about that? Well, I can tell you as a business guy working in the bank, most of the people, uh, my most successful people came in with the plan. And when they laid out their plan and told you how much money they wanted to borrow, I always felt like you could give them the key to the vault because they would not, they were, they, they always, they knew if they were going to take on another 640 acres, they already had a budget of how much it was going to take, how much seed, fertilizer, but they were very numbers oriented. And those were the joy that you, you had just very few people that had that, but there was always a plan in place, but it made my job really easy. It was all the people I had to involve their budgets for that were always the workload on me because there was something always going wrong. Hey, I'm living on $700 a month and you know, they're living on $2,000 a month and you say, Hey, wait a minute. We need educate you is your kid going to college and gas and all that so the people with a learning to plan and that's a skill is it's it's not very many people have it and uh, i've been blessed because i had all that training and so i'm a very numbers oriented guy and i live my somewhat life like that and i'm i do a lot of other things too i have a lot of enterprises going on and stuff but if you want to learn to be a planner learn to say no and, that, and learn more about yourself what your personality type is it's really pretty cool when you learn about personalities because you know what what's your personality well i'm an expressive okay but i'm not an a i'm a i'm a b so i'm not highly expressive but and then i you know i used to hate conflict well now i look at conflict if if there's a conflict that needs to be resolved, you need to take care of it. The successful people take care of conflict because it needs to be shut off. And I would always kind of step back. And I'm talking about over the last 15 years, I've changed that because I, I would just put off conflict. Can't do that. I mean, it's just because that's never going to heal itself. You either need to resolve it, fix it, or get rid of it. Whether it be a employee problem that won't show up to work on time, either. He's not going to punish the people that show up on time. So you have to get on them and say, look, show up on time. It's just discipline. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is discipline. And nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to be the captain of the boat when the boat is sinking. <laughs> Everybody wants to be the captain of the boat, supposedly. But when the problems are really bad, like this this virus we're going through, uh, you know, yeah, it all looks well and good on their part, but they don't realize what I go through thinking it all through because I'm never winning through this. This is a storm I've never rode the boat through. I'm the captain, you know, and we had to cut some hours and we're fine there. Everybody's been really happy about that. We haven't had anybody sick, so we've been so far been very successful that. Our customer, we haven't had any customers sick yet, so things are going pretty good. So health-wise, that we're, we're very blessed right now. So I, I love the idea that you always say you You've got to know your numbers. You got to know your numbers. I, I think. I think every time you come to see me, you always say, "Hey, you know your numbers." <laughs> it should be your tagline. You should wear. You should sell shirts. And I, I for a long time, I'd be like, "Why does he always ask me that?" <laughs> and and I, I think that's a really interesting thing because you know, knowing your your numbers helps you forecast where where you're going and what you oh, need yeah. to change. So, how does knowing our numbers now in this pandemic? help us. Well, you know, I was I was just doing a mental break even. So when this thing started a month ago, you know, I'm saying, no, where where's in my head, where can we come down to before we really advocate major cash flow troubles? Now, I'm talking about, okay, we can meet our payroll but but can we make the bank payments? So you kind of have to do it backwards to say where where do I really have to be concerned? But it's like your weight. If you let the first 10 pounds just on, it seems like the next 20 just automatic. I mean, yeah. because you you kind of let all your guard down. You're no, you've never said no. I'm just going to have another cheeseburger. Hey, you want some cake and ice cream? Right now, somebody will ask me, do you want french fries? 
Well, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, but I'm not going to have any. Thank you much, you know? And that's been, and I'm telling you, at my age, it's really hard to do that, but I do it. I'm, I've got it. And, and thank you, Joyce Hamill. Thanks, her Ideal Protein. Ideal Protein. Yes. She's a great woman, and, and she's helped me get through this, this problem of my weight loss. So thank you, Joyce. Yeah, she's a pretty neat gal. Uh, so does she work on your numbers with you? On you know, like where you're sitting uh, with your your weight loss and oh, yeah. and, and where you're going to go. Yeah, you go through your body fat, your BMI. You know, you see your weight every week. And the one thing I was always guilty of is not writing down what I ate because there again, it's accountability. Yeah, it is. you know, I always thought, well, it's too much pain to write down the thing. But no, if you really want to change your habits, you write that down, and then you can look back over the week and say, wow, probably shouldn't eat that. This is my third time through it, so I'm I can profess it now. It, you need to be more accountable. And if I was, a, I always tell you, if your uh, finances, write it down. Where do you spend your money? You, you, you give me your budget, your personal budget, where you spend all your money for three months, and I can tell you your habits. Oh, I great. learned that as a loan officer. Yeah, I think that's very true too. And um, it's the same thing with writing your your food down. I mean, it tells me I can tell you what your problem is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> calories or otherwise. Right. And then um, also you can look at your food journals and you can start to see a pattern of when maybe you fall off the wagon and, and you can start making those corrections before you get there. And I think that's the same thing true when, you, when you're talking about numbers in business is that if you start to see your P&L go in a, a certain direction, you can make those slow corrections to change behaviors um, in spending. And uh, I, th- I think knowing your numbers is essential. I, th- I think you should make t-shirts. <laughs> well, the P&L makes you accountable. It does. You know, you, the, you're asking the bank to loan you money, and then you're like, well, this is a pain. Well, you, the reason why it's a pain is because you don't want to be accountable. Your weight's the same way. You're... Everything we do, our, our life habits are just, if you don't want to be accountable, you just blow it off. Hey, I'll only smoke two packs of cigarettes. I'm not smoking as many as I did. Really? Yeah, I used to smoke three. Well, okay, so now you're counting them? Well, no, but I only buy two. Okay, how can you buy a carton at a time? Well, I don't, it's cheaper. It's justification for your behavior. Everything's justifiable. Absolutely. And it's easier to justify it if you don't know your numbers. If you don't have your journal written out where you're holding yourself accountable, it's actually easy to justify your behavior. Oh, yeah. You can buy cigarettes and you can spend $600 a month on cigarettes, but you never... If money doesn't mean anything to you, that's why people that go to casinos are a high... The only place in the state of Kansas you can smoke legally is in the in a casino. <laughs> and I go to casinos. And, and, we, and, and we are... And it's a tax funded by the taxpayers. Okay. Now, what's wrong with that? We... Can't smoke at the restaurants, we can't smoke in the bars, but we can smoke at the Dodge City Casino. Well, because it's revenue generating. The secondhand smoke's just as dangerous there as it is anywhere else, but it generates revenue for the state. <laughs> so I'm kind of happy about this whole pandemic problem because now the casinos are closed. Along, I don't like that the churches are closed, but at least the casinos are closed. <laughs> People aren't wasting their money there. <laughs> Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Have you seen some good, maybe some good things come out of this, maybe? I hope so. Come out of this pandemic, I guess yeah, is what I want to say. Yeah, uh, hopefully, if you, if, you, if you have a soul in you, you, you need to be more giving, you know. Uh, and uh, as we were talking earlier about, I was getting a haircut yesterday morning by my wife. I was getting a little shaggy. It's going to be 90 degrees this weekend. So she blessed me. She had the dog clippers, and we've been out in the garage, and my six-year-old granddaughter was there, and I was getting this haircut. And then it re- I realized how important it was that the people I get a haircut from don't have any revenue. So we 
we sent them a check yesterday. And then we have another friend that's a hairdresser. We sent her a check today. We went and dropped one off at her house because I've been blessed that my business is still somewhat good. I mean, it's not wonderful, but it's where we're, we're cash flowing, making payment and payroll and all that stuff. But you don't realize how lucky you are until you see these other people. And I hopefully that's what people will get out of this. And it's not just about us. It's a it's not about me. It's about everybody that we're involved with, whether our business associates or friends, family, and all that. So, yeah, I and I, I hope people remember to show, uh, you know, shop locally and not go to those big boxes and to get their their stuff. It does more for our community if we rent from you versus you know going to the big box and and renting from them, right? Yeah, well, I have my bank loan and deposits here, and then. Uh, that's one thing you, you keep your your money stays in your community if you do with local people. So uh, people don't realize it unless. But but I I study economies. I watch the thing. I'm trying to see where the world money's going and try to pay attention there because like I said, I don't know the storms we're going to go through, but there's always going to be a storm coming. And uh, you know whether it be whether you're a consumer or businessman, either one. But we always got a storm we're going to go through. Just are we prepared to go through some storm? Right. That's just a life principle of mine. <laughs> I, th- I think it's in general. It doesn't matter um, if you're the fittest person. I, I I was listening the other day to somebody talk that that's a big fitness person, and and they were talking about their struggles and that they never prepared for the or you know if the gym closed or if they didn't have their gym buddies or their gym community. And they never prepared for this. And they said it's just been really hard for them not because they never thought that somebody could close a gym or that an illness would come through and now we can't get out and do, you know, the oh, things man. that we're used to. And so she was talking about, you know, I was unprepared for this. I really just had no idea. I thought it was just going to be two weeks. And now it's been, you know, clearly past, a, you know, it was been a month. And so uh, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I think in business, we're a little bit more because we we kind of study how things are going. But this was kind of a surprise for business owners, too. I mean, oh, this yeah. came out of the blue, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you talk about exercise. When I was a loan officer, I worked in a bank there for eight years. It's the same bank and didn't have any windows. Uh, so without having any windows and very little exercise in the winter, and it was just all stress. It was a really heavy workload. And I, you know, I'm not. I have no depression problems, whatever, but I kind of get a funny feeling of depression. And so then I started playing volleyball twice a week, immediately popped out of it. Just, just having that exercise, being around other people outside of all that stress every day. And, and so this, this uh, pandemic has been terrible for people because if they've been away from their gyms and away from their exercise and, and of course we're dealing with struggles we've never had to deal with and whether you have financial problems or whether it be personal problems or maybe Maybe you got an abusive spouse. I mean, there's a lot of stress in our communities. I mean, so so I guess as I would say, just kind of be aware of what's going on around you and be helpful to other people through this because it's it's pretty. It's going to be it's painful. I think that's a really good point. You never know what the other guy's going through, <laughs> and, and we should be a little bit more caring for the others. <laughs> I definitely heard that we need to know our numbers. I heard that you know instead of saying no, be a problem solver. Find find a solution for it. And um, I also like the idea of just having solutions for all the possibilities. And I like that because I think we can use that in so many different ways. Just if you're going to a party and you're on a diet and you can only eat certain things and they don't serve any of those, you know, what's your solution? Well, I'm going to just keep my eye on my goal or I'm just going to drink water or whatever. I love, I love your idea of, you know, thinking around your problem without saying the word no, not denying yourself, but 
finding a solution for that. Um, and I think it works great in the business model. Heck, it even works good in your faith and it, it works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it works good in the health department. I thought that was cool. I, I really like, um, knowing your numbers. And I, I think that is a good takeaway because if you know what you weigh today and you know what you weigh tomorrow, um, you can start to see, oh, I need to change this behavior or that behavior. And I think that works true in business too. <laughs> Here's another thought. Complainers are in reverse. So I don't have much time in life for complainers. If they bring in nothing but complaints, I say, man, you just, well, you're, you're, you're in reverse and we're all going forward. Uh, you know, and I'm 62, so I'm, I'm not going to let us go backwards. And when you're the captain of the boat, the team won't let us go backwards. They, they expect me to keep driving forward. So uh, it's kind of been interesting because I have a really good group of people right now. I don't, I don't know if I hear, I, I don't hear any complaints. That doesn't mean they're not out there, but, but they know I don't have much tolerance for complainers because they won't be there long. So attitude, attitude's attitude, important. Positive attitude. I yeah. think so. Because see, if right now, if I had a bunch of complaining people I'd around and I'm trying to be the captain of the boat, I'm dealing with moan troubles. I like I tell them, you don't know what I'm dealing with. I have to make all these paychecks good. And I have I've for 24 years successfully done that. But I said, now I've never seen, I don't know where the business is going. I mean, if we get the virus, see, we were having lunches in, then we decided that was bad because we're bringing all of us to the table. And we, I thought, well, that was safer there than everybody going, well, no, it's safer to go home and keep our distance at work. So we had to change our whole protocol and, and I've never been through this. So that was a whole learning curve for me. So it's kind of been interesting how, how, how you have to make changes socially and whatever, but thank goodness for cell phones. <laughs> It's true. I like that, that, you know, what you're saying there because complaining does lead to that negative side of no. And it, it makes it, it makes it hard to, to have successes or go forward in a positive way. So I think, yeah, I think oh, right now we need to. It, it makes the problems bigger. I mean, you, you, the problems can multiply. Once you get a, a person complaining a lot, then everybody else becomes, they're, they're trying to, you, I didn't hire fault finders. I've I hired people that want to fix problems. So if you're a fault finder, don't apply at my store. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to find out later. And like I said, and, and once you get that, that philosophy, then that, that migrates over to everybody else. And I think people are happier. And, and, and I'm big about, if you get involved in the work, your day will be, you'll be at our place for four hours. If you're disengaged and you're complaining all the time, you're going to be there 12 long hours out of eight. <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple. A complainer is either looking at a cell phone or waiting for a break or something. But it's all my help are, are engaged people. Just awesome. Yeah, I think fault finding, like even in your dieting or in what you're you're working towards, if you're always looking for the faults or or those, you want to you want to tame your goals. Oh, the goal yeah. that makes it that goal get further away. But I also like what you're saying about if you're engaged in what you're doing, the time just goes by. And I think that is totally true. I mean, workouts are really hard for me right now because I, I don't have my community with me and I don't have the music. I, I usually don't like the music at the gym, but for some reason I miss it. There's not this thumping going around. There wasn't oh, yeah. all this activity going around me. And I've been struggling because I'm just in my backyard doing the workouts and stuff. And, and I'm, I'm missing that community. And <laughs> I keep finding reason why not to go do it anymore and i i think that it's because oh, yeah. i lost my engagement with it all Absolutely. and and i i think that is something we need to get back so attitude engagement those are all really good points oh yeah yeah like i said it 
if if you're engaged in the work or in the workout, whatever, it it, it becomes a joy instead of a job. You know? And and like, fault finding. I mean, like if we want to find fault in all of this pandemic, that's all we're gonna see. But if we start looking at the positive side, like I'm spending way more time with my kids, you know, this is a really good thing. And I thought educating my kids was going to be really awful, but it's been a really good thing because it's brought up lots of different topics that we're actually talking about at the dinner oh, table. Yeah. So there, I think looking at life with a really good attitude, especially during this pandemic, can change things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just having meals together, pretty empowering because, like I said, that's one thing I think we get lost before all this is everybody ate out. I'll go get my thing. I don't like that. I'll go get my thing, you know. And so I was with my granddaughters at noon. We were having lunch together, my wife and I. And, you know, that's why it's important because, like I said, they, they've been around, you know, they've got uh, they've got different parents and that kind of thing. And so I think it's really important that we bring them together and share the moment and, and get the hamburger out when it's time and <laughs> have a protocol. Hey, get your hands washed. And, <laughs> And there's three, three, three times later, hey, get your hands voice. Let's eat. Okay. So getting everybody at the table is kind of like herding sheep, but we got them there. We had a good time. <laughs> this is true. This is true. It's a blessing. Now, now that, now you look at it, it's a blessing because like I said, it brings us all together. It is. And I think it's what we, we should always remember that everything has a blessing in it. And my four year old granddaughter spent the afternoon with me and, and she never spends time with me much. But today, hey, you want to go to the, we went down and dumped tree branches. And sure, right down there. And I got her out and she operated a little electric control and raised the dump up. And got to see all that happen. And she was happy. Gets back home. You want a nap? Nope. Okay, well, let's go out here and load some junk iron. Okay. So. <laughs> I think you brought a lot of really positive, uplifting ways to look at the word no. And I really like what you had to say today. I can't thank you enough for doing this with me. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Like I said, I'm I'm not going to be here much longer, but I'm here. <laughs> well, if you want to see Jack Berry or visit with Jack Berry, he owns B, Big L. I always want to say that wrong. Big L Cells here in Garden City, Kansas. And what where's that located at? 1102 East Fulton. All right. Yep. <laughs> well, thanks again, Jack. They're on so the much. web. Thanks. Oh, that's right. What is your website? It's BigLSales.com. Big oh, nice. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. This is Aura with Girls from the Gym. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please email us at girlsfromthegym, the number three at gmail.com.